Welcome back to another episode of the Rise Station podcast. I'm your host, Pranella Harris. I'm a licensed mental health provider. This podcast is intended to provide encouragement, inspiration, mental health education, and wellness tips. If that seems like your cup of tea, you're in the right place. I encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you receive alerts every Monday at 7 a.m. when I upload a new episode. Also, do me a favor and share this content out to your friends, your family, anyone who would benefit from this message. There is nothing better than a friend or loved one who wants to see you growing and thriving with them as well. So go ahead and share, share, share. Well, I hope you have been enjoying this series on inner childhood wounds. Today, I will be discussing emotionally unavailable fathers and the impact that it has on their sons into adulthood. This is the final part of this four-part series. If you need to catch up, be sure to listen to episode 81, 82, and 83. Before we get into today's content, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. Okay, let's begin with defining what is the father wound. So the father wound relates to an emotional wound developed or formed out of the absence of the father, whether the absence was physical, maybe due to a divorce, a separation, conflict within the family or death, maybe mental illness had a part in that or substance abuse. But then there are also fathers who may be physically present, but can be emotionally unavailable and just not able to demonstrate and provide the family with love and support. Those typically come from fathers who are abusive in some way, okay? Now, because these wounds are invisible, they are more likely to be covered up, buried deep beneath the surface. For young males experiencing trauma, sadness, grief, or any type of big emotions, they are not supported and encouraged to express those emotions in a healthy manner. In fact, they're encouraged to disconnect from their emotions, not to show their pain, and therefore they never learn to effectively feel and express their emotions, which leads to difficulties later on in life when it comes to assertive communication, when it comes to empathizing with individuals when it comes to verbalizing and processing emotions other than anger. Because as they were growing up, they did not have the ability to develop emotional muscles 
this impacts them later in life because they don't have the emotional maturity to deal with these overwhelming emotions because they have pretty much pushed them away, pushed them aside, disconnected from their emotions. So you see that play out in the relationship dynamics. Fathers are important to the structure of the family unit and having a healed father is crucial to the development of a confident and well-rounded child. You see, think of us as the tree and what we bury on the inside of us, whether that's healing or pain, will sprout up and produce fruits. So if we're looking around and we have difficulty relating to our baby mama, difficulty relating to our parents, difficulty relating to our romantic partners, our children, it may be that there is something on the subconscious that we have, a wound that we have not acknowledged, that we continuously keep seeing reflections of that, seeing that manifest in the fruit that we bear. So I want you to think of this metaphor. Think of a tree. Think of ourselves as the tree. And that something happens in our childhood. And we don't want to deal with it. We just have to keep moving on. You know, we're told that we can't feel our feelings, right? We're this young boy growing into themselves and we have to be strong and we can't show any signs of weakness. We can't cry. We have to stuff our feelings. So we feel them, right? But we can't let anybody else know we feel them. So we bury them. Well, burying them, ignoring them puts them so deep within us and now they're starting to manifest in different ways. So we start to have conflict. We start to have conflict in school. We're angry all the time. We're angry at everyone. We really don't know why we're angry because we don't feel the feelings that we have stuffed down. So we have this just irritability. We just don't like certain things about people. People get on our nerves. We can't trust people. We often feel threatened. We often feel insecure, but we don't know what that is. And it's all coming from the wound that we buried so deep inside us that all of life we've been trying to cut off these branches and trying to stop this fruit from growing, stop attracting conflict, stop attracting all of these things that we don't want in our lives, but we haven't gotten to the root of the problem, which is the parent wound, which is that feeling of shame and guilt that we felt that blaming ourselves for our parents absence, the feelings that we never processed. That's what we're going to get into. We're going to look at it. And hopefully after this episode, we give you some tips on how you can effectively deal with it. I do recommend partnering up with a mental health provider in your locale so that you can begin having the life that you deserve to live. All right. And producing the fruit that you want. See, when you know better, you do better. Okay. So let's talk about how the father wound impacts the sons. Well, number one is there is a lot of blame and shame. You know, when you have a father who does not give you what you need as a child, you can blame yourself. You Maybe if I was just less demanding, or maybe if I made things easier, or maybe if I didn't stress my dad out so much, he would stick around, he would stay, he would give me the love and attention. Maybe if I was a better basketball player, maybe a better soccer player, maybe if I was the kid that they wanted. 
but you inherently blame yourself. And with that comes shame. Something is wrong with me. I'm doing something wrong or it must be me chasing my dad away. Number two is they develop a fragile self-esteem. They may appear very strong, tough, and self-sufficient on the outside, but deep down inside, there's a void within them for the father that they lost, the father that wasn't there for them. They're constantly always trying to prove themselves. And it could be through accomplishments. It could be learning more. It could be athletics. It could be just earning more, but just trying to prove on a subconscious level, like this isn't always conscious, but always having to prove that they're worthy, that they're worth someone's time. All right. And so that's what it means to have a fragile self-esteem, really competing for love and attention because you really don't have that there. You're, you're trying to prove it to yourself and to others that you are worthy. Number three is because of having to stuff their emotions and not really being given the space and opportunity to feel their feelings and emotions in a healthy manner, they may become emotionally unavailable. So disconnecting from their emotions, these big emotions, I don't know how to process. They just overwhelm me. So I just would rather not deal with emotions. So they could disconnect from relationships that are too intense to emotional, other people's emotions might overwhelm them. They may just really just be about, okay, fix it. That's it. All I want to do is get to point A to B. I really don't want to delve into the emotions of it all and how you feel about things. And I don't want to feel, I just want to do. So just being disconnected from their emotions, emotionally unavailable. They can also be, number four is prone to addictions, And addictions can include drugs, alcohol, but they can also include working a lot. Really, you know, because there is a secondary gain from working, people give me accolades, they respect me at work, that I'm going to put everything I have into work. And so working long hours, it could be relationships, being codependent, being addicted to relationships. So jumping from one relationship to another, never really being single or alone, but always having to have a partner there to meet those needs. The key thing about addictions is just it's an avoidance of dealing with emotions because they have been buried and disconnected from the emotions. We avoid them. We avoid them by getting involved in external things rather than having to do the internal work of sitting with ourselves and feeling the shame and the big emotions of what that void feels like when you have a parent who isn't present emotionally for you. Number five is anger. So there's this agitation, irritability, and it's just really seemingly comes out of nowhere. But this grit, because of the unprocessed emotions of the father wound, there's a anger, a resentment that sons walk around with. Number six is difficulty accepting love. Because they have a parent who they trusted, who was not there for them, they have a difficulty accepting love in relationships or feeling worthy of that love because of the inability to trust. Okay, if I open myself up, if I'm vulnerable, you might leave, you might hurt me in some way, and I don't want to 
deal with those big emotions. I don't want to deal with the pain of losing someone. So I just cut myself off to love and emotions. Number seven is jealousy. Now, jealousy is twofold. Now, we're just going to talk about the concept and then how it manifests. So the concept is that you're jealous of other people's relationship. Maybe other people have a good relationship with their father, or maybe your friends are treating your other people higher than they're treating you or, or doing more for the other friends than they're doing for you. Or maybe you're in a romantic relationship where you're jealous of the fact that other people are desiring your partner or that your partner is going out with their friends and that they have a close relationship with their dad. But just jealousy is something that is prevalent in individuals who have a father wound because they're still grieving and longing for that relationship with their father and not feeling worthy of love and attention that they wanted from their father, their parental figure. Number eight is control. You might see the son who has a father wound grow into adulthood and want to control because so much was out of their control. They're really hyper-focused on controlling the things that they can't control, whether that be their environment, whether that be their partners, their children, but really having a sense of control so that they can ease the anxiety of the wounds that they endured in childhood. So they tend to try to control everything else to make sure that they don't have to be inconvenienced or in pain. So control can go two ways. They can need control or they can be needing to be controlled. So it can go in the reverse where they want people to make decisions. They're indecisive. They want people to decide things for them. So really having a difficulty managing and modulating their boundaries when it comes to control. Number nine is people pleasing. So because they are dealing with a father wound, they may find it helpful to acquiesce to the demands of other people around them to make sure that everyone is pleased so that they stick around because they fear abandonment. They fear people leaving their lives. So they want to make sure that everyone around them is happy. And number 10 is this can also manifest as lack of trust for other males. So a male who has a father wound, who has abandoned or, or left them or was abusive, typically in the presence of other males feels uneasy and may be untrusting of other male figures. Um, so they may approach with caution other males because they are not trusting because of the lack of their father's presence and the lack of love and support that they got from their father. So they look at other males as a threat. Okay. So, you know, healing these wounds takes a lot of patience and self-compassion. Again, these wounds have been buried deep for quite some time. So understanding these childhood wounds provides you with clarity and insight so that you can show up better in relationships, so that you can have a better relationship with yourself, your partners, and even your own children. All right, so let's talk about some ways that we can start healing from the father wound, okay? Number one is consult with a mental health therapist or life coach to help you through this process. Again, this is not an easy process and it does require you to be vulnerable and access emotions that have 
been buried deep. So they may come like a flood gate has opened. So you definitely want to have support in this process. Number two is be intentional about your healing journey, meaning really have some focused time where you can sit by yourself and start to be alone with your thoughts, journal, prayer, meditation, exercise, eating healthier. Okay. Number three is set aside time to just be alone. All right. Because getting comfortable with being alone can help you really start to develop a relationship with yourself, learn how to meet your own needs rather than avoiding them, rather than looking to other people to meet those needs and learning how to self-regulate. Okay. So really set aside time to just be alone. Number four is surround yourself with great mentors. And this could be a men's group. This could be a support group of some sort. This could just be members from your church, members from a league that you belong to. Really some really good mentors who can just be there to support you through this process. Number five is practice assertive communication. Practice verbalizing your emotions. Practice telling people in a polite way what you expect from them. Really communicating your expectations, your needs, your emotions to others. Number six is set healthy boundaries. So set boundaries in your relationship where you're not overly controlling or needing to be controlled, but there is a good balance in those relationships. There's reciprocity, not you overgiving or not you quenching your needs and wants for someone else or limiting your opinion, but relationships that are well-balanced where there is shared communication, reciprocity, where you can communicate about what you don't like and what you do like. You can communicate about conflicts in a healthy manner. So really set healthy boundaries in your relationships. Number seven is be kind to yourself. You know, sometimes our inner critic can really get the best of us and can whisper things in our ears that we're not worthy of love. We are somehow flawed and we have to prove ourselves and we have to do more and that this person likes somebody else better than us and we're just not worthy. But really show yourself compassion. Rewrite that story. Tell yourself you are worthy of love, worthy of friendships, worthy of people being loyal, worthy of balanced relationships. Remind yourself of that. Number eight is practice forgiveness. Now, forgiveness for both those who have hurt you and forgiveness for yourself. Because along this journey, you may come to realize in your healing journey that you may have been the toxic person in the relationship. So don't beat yourself up. You know, you can only go with what you know. So now that you know better, you can do better starting today. Okay. And that brings me to number nine, which is stay present. Focus on today. What can you do today? Sometimes we live so far in the past that we just keep reliving our traumas, reliving our failed relationships, reliving what that person said to us that we stay stuck in that moment and we never move forward. Use it as teachable moments, but really focus on today. Number 10 and my last tip is let go of the past hurts. 
let go of that pain that you buried deep down, finding a way to let go of those past hurts and really calling in your life, the relationships that you want starting today. Because when you know better, you do better. So in conclusion, our relationship with ourself is very important. And so the more you dig into who you are as a person, you get to look at beliefs that you've held long from things that have happened in your childhood. And you get to decide what things you want to hold on to and what things you want to let go of. As you're doing this inner child work, you're really looking at all the parts of yourself and how you got to be where you are and what things you need to change and what narratives you've been telling yourself and living by. And are they helpful? Are those things helpful for where you want to go? And if not, then start changing those narratives, start doing the inner work, start revisiting those childhood wounds and healing them and doing so in a healthy way that will not only help you help your partner and help the next generation. So until next time, enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.